Welcome to Half My Age, a weekly show in which a 25-year-old adult and a 50-year-old child help each other make sense of the world. Hey, Mrs. Philholm, how are you? I'm okay. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a long day. It's been a fun day. It uh, has? Uh, kinda. I've, what I was, are you doing that's fun? I was dreading this day. Oh, excuse me. I just pulled my mic off angle. I was dreading this day <laughs> because uh, I was scheduled to take my grandparents to Loveland, Colorado, which is oh. about an hour north of Denver. Uh, uh-huh. And we were, we were looking at, um, we're, we're building a duplex to replace a duplex that my grandpa's owned for like 40 something years. Yeah. And it's been condemned for the last two years and we're finally getting around to replacing it now. It's kind of my project, which is fun. Um, but you're doing demo, right? The demo's done. It's, it's a, it's a big dirt lot now. And now what we've got to do is figure out what we're going to put there and then start working towards that. So today we went out to this place. It's in, um, it's in Loveland, like I said, and they do modular residential homes. So, oh, sure. Yeah. So this is going to be a two-story duplex and it, it comes in, uh, they literally, they build it in Nebraska. They ship it to you on semis, double wide semis. Uh, and it's four double wide boxes that turn into a house and it doesn't look like a trailer. It doesn't look like anything, you know, it, it, it looks like a real house, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's built somewhere else in a factory. And, um, today we went and we, we, toured some that are that are built they've got a lot where they've got some um you know examples you can walk through we talked about what's going to go in it and the finishes and that sort of thing um next steps are they're going to send me a plan i'm going to find a uh someone to pour the foundations uh, and then we'll be we'll be off and running so wow yeah it's been a it's been a long full day and and it's only three in the afternoon yeah different then, but very similar to looking for houses for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Like what a similar but different process. It, it's funny, right? Because I, I am, we are, Delaney and I are looking for a house sometime in the near future. Um, mm-hmm. And the requirements are a little bit different, but not not so much, right? We're, we're trying to put a duplex in here that Delaney and I would be happy to live in because we're, sure, we're, we're sure. targeting a young professional, not dissimilar from ourselves. Um, and, but it, it is funny. The, the big difference here is that the, the ground is paid for. It's, it's something my grandfather owns. Um, and it's a, it's a new construction. Um, well, and the difference is that even as you and Delaney have looked at the new construction of homes for yourselves, you are definitely not putting container boxes together and snapping them in place like Legos to make a house for yourself, probably. But it's cool that you're looking at all of that like ergonomic, you know, 99% invisible what, how, how living spaces and what will function and how to use space in smart ways. And I mean, it's interesting. And what is needed in a house and a layout and what are bare minimum qu- qualities that we need versus the the extras like the chandelier that makes you love the house, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool to be looking at it from two different points of view, Andrew. It's fun. It's fun. My, um, you know, work work occupies a a percentage of my brain power. My relationship with Delaney occupies a percentage of brain power. Um, but you're right. I'm getting housing both, both on the personal side and on the grandpa side, Mm -hmm. um, building and, and, 
uh, home maintenance and ownership and that sort of thing. It's it's something I'm spending a lot of time thinking about right now. And I think sure. I just did a go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think about your success story with the dollhouse on Shakedown huh. Street uh, in your uh-huh. low-zoned area with your outbuildings, uh-huh. uh, and I want to find a place or build a place or something that I can love just as much as you love the dollhouse. I really do, and it's been such a funny thing about how I use the space, and it's still not completely resolved. You know, right now I'm recording in my closet because I've moved the half of my studio that was audio recording and right now it's actually drying herbs and stuff because i've had to bring in a bunch of gardening (laughs) um and it will become more of a pottery space yeah i think that's and then and also i've had to like rethink how i use my uh my uh closets my actual closet where i keep my clothing and my yoga mat room and my self-promotion factory where i store my books and all my stuff and make it into a, a desk that works for me and i've got a new monitor you know just to make it like a, this has to be my office um anyway it's fun to think about how to use space but looking at it from like the ground up and how we use space it's just so cool and lo i was just gonna say i did some work for a friend of ours who has the kitchen company i just helped them with some messaging and and communications and stuff and it was also interesting to think about how important the kitchen is right and the words that you use around that to try to sell cabinets and everything but also to try to make the process pleasant for people because we're coming into their homes and ripping up their homes in the middle of times when you can't go out as much as you could and that kind of thing it's it's fascinating like how we live we're about facing a second shutdown here young man so i know how we live and where we live is going to become a thing yeah right as we speak i've got comics all day long we've got we've got the updates coming and what it means to us and it doesn't look good but yeah. i mean necessary great makes sense makes sense i've been part of the problem out there doing it but um <laughs> you've, you've been yeah. out there spreading that vid um but, I but think you know it, our home spaces are important they are important and even even outside of the home building stuff, there's a, a new Twitter account that I'd like to recommend. It's uh, I think it's like oh. rate my Zoom room or something like that. Rate rate my Skype oh, room. Oh, funny. Um, oh, funny! And it basically takes screenshots of people who are doing CNN interviews or Fox News interviews from their home, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they just assign it a score zero to ten. Um, <laughs> but it, it really is interesting when you think about making a space. When you think about uh, how you're going to use it. I think instinctively, I don't have a very good sense of how a space ought to be used or how what, what looks good in a space. When I arrange things, and my house is 100% this way, you've seen it, uh, mm-hmm. I like to push things out of the way. Everything's up against uh-huh. the wall. But everyone uh-huh. knows an office looks so much better when the desk is in the middle and you've got uh-huh. uh, you know bookshelves on your wall or whatever. Uh, I, I don't have a good sense of... Of that, of design. Feng shui. Yeah, I just don't. Neither do I. I'm terrible at it. I have to have friends come over and advise me. Kim Dryling, most of all. Yeah, she uh, comes I, over and advises me. I remember when you mm-hmm. moved into the dollhouse mm-hmm. and she uh, she laid out all your things and she decided which, which utensils mm-hmm. go in which drawers. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's a real skill and I just don't have it. I really don't. I'm the same way. I, I, I go for function really over form most of the time. And I just kind of don't understand how things function sometimes. Anyway, and it's been fun to live here a year and a half now. I don't. I, I go for um, function over form and I don't understand how they function. It's true. I don't get it. I'm clueless. But I like for, you know, whatever. No, it's fun. And I've always known that. Like I did a good thing, lived in the space for a while before I made any decisions. Whatever. We went, we, 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 we cataloged that as we went along. But it's interesting how we use space. And the truth is, like you said, 
This space has felt absolutely like home to me. And now more than ever, and even in the past week more than ever, I'm so grateful that I have an absolutely comfortable place of solace and warmth and security um, and beauty and gardens. I've, it's, feel, it feel, it's, a, it's a really lovely place and it is a comfort for me and for many other people. Yeah, oh, hey, like it seems said, like home that. buying success. You, you do have a lot of people who come to visit just to hang out and be in the uh, the calming, the calming mm-hmm. scenery, the calming uh, ambiance. Yeah, I sure do, and that's good because <laughs> there's a lot of crazy out there. I um, have some follow up on trust the timing of your life. Hit me. Tell me. Tell me all about trusting the timing of your life. I notice you've well, been Instagramming about it some more since we last yeah. spoke. Yep. It's been quite a week. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I mean, I'll share some. I'm not going to share everything because I'm in the mode right now, quite literally, of, um, you know, we've talked about it before. My favorite... My favorite verse from the Christmas story in the in the book of Luke is, and Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm in this mode of, I got to ponder. I, I mean, and the trust the timing of your life, as we said, is kind of to placate any demons or death spiral thinking in the tribunal saying, hey, 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 this is crazy. This feels bad. Um, I am, I have met characters in the past week that I can't imagine. Things have been happening like, Oh my God, it has just been a really, okay. Uh, how can I say? I, I, uh, um, right now we're about to shut down. I'll say it this way. We're about to shut down and that is alarming. And it's a bummer because that's how I've been making my money is gathering and doing a little bit of comedy here and there. And I am actually filled with hope and peace and um, had some real hard life stuff going on in the past week, like really deep stuff to deal with. And we're facing this, like, the unknown once again and the the fear of what am I going to do for work? How am I going to get to tell my jokes? On the other hand, this weekend I did about 50 minutes of comedy. 25 of those minutes were in Vail, Colorado. Real junky uh, comedy behavior. My girlfriend and I drove <laughs> two hours, performed for an hour, told together, maybe half, whatever. Turn around and drove back. Oh, that's fun. I love that drive. And it was amazing. Okay, but it was at night. <laughs> yeah. It was I, at I the like sunset. Because every, yeah, right. every time I go to Vail, it's always something good. I'm either going for my favorite oh, lacrosse nice. tournament every year, or I'm going on my honeymoon, right, or I'm getting okay. away from my parents for a day of skiing when I was in high school. Sure, sure. Uh, it just, uh, that's a, it's a fun, fun place. I to, discovered, fun we discovered something in, uh, it is, it's a fine road. I don't like driving, but we discovered something. And some of my other friends were in different small towns this weekend doing the same thing. Doing comedy in small towns mm-hmm. is unbelievable because everybody cool in town was at that show. They had all the COVID stuff in place. They had a new stage. We're further apart. All of this and also, they shut the doors and locked the doors so that it was a, quote, private event for the comedy show. And it was the most rowdy, and I mean, in a good way. We felt, we were absolutely celebrities. I mean, what's, my I don't, girlfriend Sorry, what's I, the purpose of uh, locking the doors? I don't get it. Oh, I think if they say it's a private event, then, then they, don't they have get to away with it. adhere to certain COVID rules? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm not in charge of that. The bartender is, the bar, the bar owners. Bar owner treated us like, royalty. Um, I was dog sitting for two dogs of some other comic friends, which is hilarious. And we were like, we shouldn't go to the show. It came up last minute. I mean, we did not know this was happening. It's just a crazy, the timing 
of my life right now is overwhelmingly crazy and great and weird. But so we're dog sitting. We take these two old dogs. They're so funny. They're so cute. They're used to comedy. We Everybody knows the dogs. It's Nick and George's dogs. And and we're like, we can keep them on the patio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just go in and do our sets. Da, da, da. The owner of the bar in Vail comes out and says, no, no, no. These dogs will come inside. Please sit in the lounge. So the next thing I know, my comic friend Lily is sitting on the leather couch with the two dogs. And the owner is feeding them meat off of plates that he cooked just for them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, treating us like royalty, paying us well. And I mean, this is the most, like, better than any, it's hard to feel bad about the world ending when you have a night like this, because as you know, this is, Lily and I decided this is our self-care. I thought about that last week. I was feeling pretty wonky, and um, I was getting my new crown put on. My, my permanent crown is back. My smile looks normal again, I guess. Nice. Congratulations. And I was thinking, thank you. And I was thinking, golly, I feel wonky today. And I was at the market, and I saw, you know, other people buy food for comfort food. I was like, what? What would make me, what's my self-care? Like, what can I eat? What can I do? Taking walks, you know, all of it. Like, what can I do that's really, like, makes me feel really good? How can I indulge myself? And I went, stand-up comedy is the only thing. Performing, that's it. That's the one thing. (laughs) So for self-care, we drove up to Vail, and it worked. Because, again, small town, we are celebrities. They think, they're following our Instagrams before we get off the stage. They are coming (laughs) up to us like... I mean, practically asking for autograph. If we had merch, we could have sold it. We had the, chanting. The women also killed. And we went up earlier. So the headliner, poor headliner, got got screwed over by a, an especially rowdy crowd. That And we had all done crowd work, so the crowd felt part of the show. They were, like, chanting our names. We went out to <laughs> let the dogs pee. We come back in. And they're like, Lily's back. We love Lisa. It was insane. What I mean, bar is it was this? The, Crazy. I'm not going to say. Oh, come on. Because I just told you that they shut it. You know, they're be, uh, it's called Route 6 and it's magical. Route 6. It, we were, huh? we were, mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy, just the crazy, crazy stuff. And um, I mean, we were like, this is a mirage. We're going to drive back by here a couple weeks from now just to, just to go back and revisit this magical night. And it's not going to be there at all. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Being in the movie of our own lives and um, meeting the like some of the people, the characters we met up there, just like this crazy guy. But he was the one who made this happen and made us into celebrities. And we're like, who did we just meet? And the Twitter-pated feeling I have about this person I talked last about last week uh, is still there and still good. And you go, holy cow, the timing of my life, the people, and always, right? Always, pr- pr- probably for all of us. If we're in a good space, I don't know if we allow it or whatever, you meet these crazy characters in your life and they come into your life right at a time when it's just kind of overwhelmingly amazing. So really, a lot of hard stuff happened over the weekend as well. But my girlfriend Lily and I decided, you know, it's hard to feel bad. It's hard for, to, to, it's hard for the death spiral thinking to take over when we feel as high and fulfilled and amazing as doing a great, great set with a great, great crowd. And then last night... We went and did um, an open mic, which is not a great crowd. It's other comics. And that also was just, we were both trying new things and doing new things. And it was real and deep and truth-telling. And it somehow feels healing. The, I mean, people in the audience of The Veil Show were coming up to us and saying things like, I'm so glad you're here in the parking lot. We just really wanted to tell you how much we appreciate you guys coming up here. You're really helping us. It's, so, it's been so hard and laughing. And we're going, well, yes, thank you. That is exactly how we feel about it. 
Thank you for thanking us for our service. That is exactly who we think we are, right? <laughs> it was stupid. You, I mean, literally, you're saying I'd be just as nice of things as me as I'd like you to say about me. Exactly. So, well, that's how we feel about it. Thank you very much. Um, oh my God! And again, the way it happened, the way we were booked last minute. I I was supposed to be out of town this weekend. Didn't go. Oh my God! So and this is after, this is bringing it back around to trusting the timing of your life. Mm. Uh, is there a component about saying yes to things that might seem uh, a little screwy or, you know, you, you, Probably. May, you may say no to otherwise? What What is the, if you were to wrap uh, up the, trust the timing yeah. of your life into mm-hmm, some mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of uh, actionable something, what, what would you say it means? Okay, again, I'm just pondering here, right? I'm in the pondering, so whatever I say now is suspect. It's not a fully formed thought because you can't make anything actionable when you're still in the awe and the overwhelm. So first of all, it is um, trust the timing of my life. Remember to be, you can't help it, be grateful. I mean, I'm so grateful. I'm humbled by the people who come into my life when I need them, by the by the role I play in other people's lives when they need me. I am humbled by it and I am pondering it. But yeah, it is probably not even say yes, but yeah, try to stop mind-fucking it and enjoy. Why can't we li- just live for joy and peace? There's a Jack Kerouac quote that's something like that. Why can't we just live for joy and hope and fun or something like that? And you can't always live for those things. And that's the thing. This hasn't been just like a heady, all-in, it's all good, it's all good. It has been, there's been a lot of deep and tragic um, around us in, in, the, in the world and in our lives. And even in those cases, it's like, yeah, just, just ex- yeah, accept Except grace, I don't know, something like that. Yes, just say yes for right now. Stop mind-fucking it. Stop worrying about the future. I don't know. It's never the same river anyway. I mean, that's part of it, too. Like, we never did know. We never did know anything about what is... I can't predict the future. You get scared when, when you know, profound things happen sometimes. I think it's like, huh, that's, that's, I don't know, it's too much. Um, Or what do I make of this? And to just go, you don't know what to make of it. We don't know what's going to happen three days from now. We never did, Right. I mean, I think again and again and again, this freaking past seven months has made all of us say that and admit that and realize that, like, we never know. We never know. We talked about it last week. Jeez, for Christ's sake, comedy. Why am I talking about comedy? Um, And, you know, a year ago, if you had told me any of this, it wouldn't have made sense because it wouldn't have been possible. It was like burning it to the ground and then the new little seedlings rise and who knows? I, I, like, it's surprising. The blooms that come up through the embers or whatever, the ashes of forest fires that we're having now, pure destruction, but guaranteed there will be new life and new roots and new things sprouting up and you can't predict what it's going to be. Um, all of that, I guess. Yeah, I, the actionable item, I don't know. Take a freaking breath and be grateful and, I don't know, kind of honor all the people in your life. And that is also with a heavy dose of also keep your boundaries, right? I mean, some people that we run into who produce shows in certain towns seem a little off balance. And it's like, we don't want to be friends with you. We're not going to leap into a business contract with you. But instead of also being afraid of like, what what the hell was that? Go, interesting, interesting character who just brought some joy into our lives. Mark it, bless it. Thank you. Move on. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, yeah, it's just, I I mean, and honestly, the other thing, right, and Lily and I just had this talk today, the first shutdown, as you know, as we all know, we chronicled it, I was gobsmacked, I I didn't, it was like watching something unravel and having no control over it, and instead of being, I kept saying I'm disappointed in my, my response to the apocalypse, 
I think of myself as a creative, you know, thought leader who I, I do. I lead people out of despair all the time in many ways. And I had nothing. I had nothing. I, I built my garden. That was great. I, I, I've, anyway, and now this one, we were expecting it. It's a damn bummer. And it makes it more panicky money-wise and everything. But I also know now we're in a space now. We've just had this creative jolt of like adrenaline and crack, crack, crack cocaine, as Tom Hanks put it, puts it, doing stand-up comedy. You know, he talks about it in that one documentary we watched a while ago, and he just says, oh, there's nothing like it. It's like crack cocaine. Anyway, having that jolt of happy chemicals and creative outlet, we'll get through. I don't know what it'll look like, but we never did. And it's it's, it's a bummer, and it bums me out, and it's freaky to be shut in. They're talking about another, you know, stay-at-home order during the cold, cold winter when I can't go out and garden. Dang it, what are we going to do? But there is less of a feeling of um, utter panic and, oh, I was paralyzed with fear. Actually, I had a very good and emotional conversation with my financial guy last week, I told you, and I was quite paralyzed with fear. And I think I have gotten over that hump a little bit that I am less paralyzed. I don't know what it means, but despite all of the shit in the world and all of the reasons I should feel bad and all of the grief around us, I feel kind of hopeful. I feel fine. Yeah, kind of. Right. It's the dog. This is all okay. Well, and it's also like, I don't know, we were looking today at a homeless woman with no legs and it was like 10 degrees outside and we're going, why does she get up every day? I mean, well, I can't imagine. It's that Bruce Springsteen thing too. Like at the end of every hard-earned day, people find some reason to believe. I am often humbled by that. I am often humbled by, yeah, yeah. And again, the 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 people <laughs> coming back and doing some comedy again has reaffirmed that, geez, like it or not, I don't like all of them and they drive me crazy, but comics, writers, creatives, theater people, these are the people who do choose joy recklessly. I mean, like, pursue joy. And we are so, so many of the comics, right, are so dark and so broken. And we have such you know, you really don't think highly of the comedy scene <laughs> in terms of functioning whatever human beings. But boy, there is a relentless hope and a relentless thing amongst all of us to claw our way out of this by. And it has become the comedy has also become, I think, more. It's been a good reminder of like, why are you doing this? What 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 are you doing up there? What do you want to communicate? So I've been working on jokes about things I care about, but also there's a certain amount. Last night I got up and it was an open mic where you like just go do whatever you want. There's nobody here. A couple of civilians, mostly comics. I went for 20 obnoxious minutes of crowd work, just talking to them, telling my truth. Whew. It's beautiful. It's a crazy thing. <sighs> so anyway, Andrew, I'm pondering. I'm in a pondering moment. You're pondering. You're pondering mm-hmm. and we're drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. You're drinking from a fire hose? Who's we? Everyone who's listening to that. All of it. Oh, sorry. The, the, last, really? uh, the last 15, 20 minutes of it. Sorry. Is it too much again? <laughs> I don't you think know. so. I don't think so. I just, yeah. uh, sometimes when we talk, I have to, <laughs> I have to try to think about what, to do with your experiences oh, in comedy, right? How how do I how do I take those and relate them back to myself? So I think about you know sometimes, okay. sometimes I look about the I look at the woman with uh, with two legs on the side of the street and I wonder why she's why she gets up and and does it. Uh, so that's that's something I, I can sit and I can noodle on for a bit. Sometimes I have a particularly good 
thing, you know, maybe it's a work thing, maybe it's a personal thing, whatever. And I imagine that's, that's similar to how you feel when you go up and do a good 20 minute set full of crowd work. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I like to, in the same way every narcissist does, I like to, I like to just pull <laughs> it back to myself and try to figure out how it applies to me. And, uh, I, I feel like there's, there's a lot of stuff there, right? You've got, a, you've got, um, I, I think what we're talking about today is the, uh, the roller coaster, the juxtaposition of the highs next to the lows and the lows next to the highs. It seems like it's been a lot of up and down over the last seven months. And I think everybody's felt that. Uh, you've, you've managed to, uh, get some kind of grip over the highs and the lows, um, by going out and, and making jokes and, and doing the comedy thing. And it's been really a good thing for you because that's something you crave and it's been open enough for you to have real live in-person shows for a little while, but it might be going away soon. So it's bittersweet. Uh, there's, there's just a lot there to unpack, you know? You're not the first person in the past two weeks that said, I don't know what to do with you, basically what you just said. Not I don't know what uh, to do with you, but I don't know. I know. Uh, with all I, that I just I, said. I'm just trying to trying to pull out the key points of our discussion today. I love that. And there's, there's I'll give so you many one more point for your note card. Give it to me in pigs and bunnies, things I can write in sentences on note cards. Okay, one of them is that, um, you know, my... Trust in people is low, as we know, especially since getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. The past couple of weeks have shown me that maybe, maybe, and I've always known this, but it's a good dose of, mm, what? I don't know. They're good people. Maybe there are good people out there, like actually good people. There are also people who wish you harm, and we have to put up boundaries. But maybe there are really good people, and yeah, sometimes it might be worth saying, okay, Let's see what this is about. You seem good. So sometimes we have to trust, trust the timing of our lives. And I am encouraged and I am, I'm always reminded of this, but especially in the past couple of weeks that there are extremely good and trustworthy people who sometimes come into our lives to help us with things in ways we could not imagine were possible. Kind of like the fairy godmother, how she just appears when you need her. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Not going to say it. Yep. A lot like that. Yeah, or angels on our paths, you know. Uh, yep, and I've you know, I'm I'm a person who says that. I'm a person who's been that. I've written kind of articles about it. Like, there's always an angel there if you just open your eyes and go. There's you know at your darkest moment you go. Oh, there's somebody helping me right there, right? Um, that's one of them. And I guess the other one, is, I don't know the others yet. Um, I don't know what the whole comedy thing is about. Part of that is, like I said, trust that people are there making things work for you and the people you meet are there for a reason. I don't know. I guess it's probably whew, lean into the things that give you joy and give you life and purpose and meaning and make you feel happy. Lean into them. I don't know. I don't sure. even know if that's true, but I, there's some, part of it. Something interesting about you is uh, you're talking about the angels that uh, that magically appear and when I think about the how I know you uh, as a as a teacher at my high school, um, and now as a as a woman on the comedy scene, uh, you you've accidentally created pools of angels uh, who yep. are around to help at, at a moment's notice. Uh, just because of all the all the people you've met and lives you've touched as a teacher, as a comedy mother, as a yep. Uh, you, you more than most people I know are really good at cultivating 
those um, those relationships that you know you're not necessarily friends with all of your former students, but they do seem to find their ways their way back to you either in a moment of need or uh, in a moment where they have something that where they can help yeah. you. Correct. Yep. Moment of need or moment of grace. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. And, you know, I think maybe part of this is that I'm kind of used to, nah, part of my identity, right, is that caregiver, the mother, the teacher. Listen, I take and take and take all the time from people. You have so many people always have, and you're one of them. But, um, yeah, sometimes there are other people there who are able to cradle me and give me strength, um, like fairy godmothers. And otherwise, uh, yeah, anyway, it's been... I'm being cryptic on purpose because there are other lives involved, but um, I am grateful. And here at the, <laughs> seriously, a time when second shutdown and winter, are you kidding me? It's been 10 degrees outside and so much. The world is on fire. The election is minutes away. And oh my God, the fact that I can have bubbling up in me joy and hope and trust in other people and uh, the wonder of the intrepid spirit that keeps us going. It's a miracle. And I, it's a miracle. And I do. I feel like it's um, God's grace. And also in the midst of all of that, with these people, I've been telling a lot of stupid dick jokes and, you know, just being obnoxious, my own obnoxious self. I think that's also part of why it's overwhelming is to get affirmation and support on a level that is seriously profound and overwhelming. Meanwhile, what we're doing is going up and telling our stupid jokes and you know, and doing our thing and being just absolute silly, silly clowns. And the fact that I hang around with people who can make me laugh so hard, even in the middle of serious moments, golly, I value that. That also, you know, um, I say it all the time, find the funny. It's all I have. <laughs> For the past two years, I felt like it's literally all I have. That's comedy is my boyfriend. It's the only thing that feeds me. Um and that out of that and connected to that and, geez, the, the tendrils of our lives, the tentacles that go out and touch different parts of our lives, but somehow all centered around this weird thing I've been doing to help me navigate life through my divorce. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we live, I mean, we live in hope. We live in hope. And I, it's been... I was pretty down. I was pretty frantically down in the past month and didn't have much hope. And um, partly because I've reached out, you know, sometimes it's about asking for help when you need it, having hard conversations when you need them and saying and admitting to people, sometimes your financial advisor going, uh, I'm feeling darker than I should. And then having him advise me, here are some changes we can make. Do you feel better? And I go, yeah. I think I can. Uh -huh, thank you. You know, sometimes it's reaching out and asking for help. Everybody, if anybody's listening, remember to do that when you need it. Sometimes it's recognizing, right? Opening your eyes and going, oh, man, right when I was in my darkest time, there was there was an angel right there. And yeah, and that sometimes the good you, nah, all the time, the good you do in the world will probably come back to you in ways you didn't predict. And then sometimes in ways that aren't easy. I mean, honestly, some of my... um experience this past week has been contemplating emotional responsibility for other people. You know, you pull people into your life and you make them close and then it's a burden. You know, Emily Dickinson says, I think it's sad to have a friend. It's sure to break the heart. <laughs> and you go, what is this about? And, and then to trust that even sometimes when you have to be there for friends and 
it's rough and, you, you know, you go, golly, if I didn't have this friend, I could just walk away. I don't need the responsibility. You know what I mean? Sometimes like, go. Oh, sure. And to go, right, and to say, and then to always, almost always, again, with healthy boundaries, to say it is a sacred and um, a hard but holy act to share the weight of being with other people. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that seems uh that seems awfully weighty. Yeah. But it's then yeah. Milan Kundera talks about the unbearable lightness of being. You ever read that novel? Isn't it pretty to think so? No. Whatever. It's Hemingway, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the unbearable the construct of that is that like when you're unattached, it feels light and wonderful, like detachment from other people and and things is awesome. But then it gets to this I'm saying it wrong, but it kind of gets to this heady lightness and you feel unattached and unmoored and ungrounded. Then when you get into relationship with other people, the heaviness feels good. I'm rooted to the earth. I'm rooted to a thing. I, I, I you know, I'm I, uh, something here. And then that can become the unbearable burden, the heaviness of existence. Like, oh, geez, now I've got another person or other people in my life. Could be primary romantic relationships. It's friendships. It's family. And that, like, push me, pull you of the balance of how, how weighty is a relationship and how much lightness and joy does it give me. And, how, you know, it's a dance, but I've just been reminded of it lately. And, and, and um, again, some of it is very heavy. It's a burden to have people we love. And yet, even in times, maybe when you think you're healing them or helping them, boy, aren't they helping you right, right back. Gosh, damn it. You enough. just can't get ahead Sorry. on them. They, they're always, uh, just when you do them a favor, uh, they hit you right back with one. It's like a mid- Midwestern uh, Hatfield McCoys, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or it comes out of a different place and you get a dose of good news. Sorry, I'm being super woo. I knew it was going to be that way. But um, it sounds also, like you've I had to a talk week. To you. I've had a week and it was good to, t- and it's good to talk to you because you're one of the people along the way that I'm always grateful for. And I'm just super grateful for the people. And as we face another probably difficult time where probably more businesses are going to close and things are going to be more uncertain and we're shutting down and anxiety's rising and all of that is and it's something that I can sit here and go golly and yet I feel the hope the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and I'm that's I'm I'm in awe and I'm grateful so hey listeners that's another hilarious coming at you fast what you been watching Andrew nothing I haven't haven't been watching no content Uh uh-uh which really what you've been doing reading books uh writing I've mostly, jokes i've mostly just been sitting on my on my tuffet uh eating curds and whey oh, i have, i haven't yum. done anything I in love the last cheese week. curds <laughs> oh really what do you mean you just sit and staring into the middle distance i've done a lot of that in the past two months i am sitting and staring into the middle distance i've got some um some balls in the air work wise and i've just been yeah, waiting, waiting to see where they land um and as mm. i'm as i'm waiting i'm I mean, I, I'm not doing a whole lot. <laughs> I just well, you I, know what Tom says. Petty says about that. It's the hardest part. I just I've just been doing a lot of thumb twiddling. Huh? Jeez, oh Pete, I hate thumb twiddling. Have you been watching <laughs> YouTube knife skill videos or anything? Squirrel videos? No, I've been watching. I've been watching some coding videos. Uh, right. I've been watching some uh, just some comfort, some comfort television, some mash. Uh, mm. You know, t- taking it pretty easy. I'm. Uh, I think I've got a lot of change coming up in the uh-huh. in the next month or two months or okay section of my life, and mm. I'm uh, I'm in a place where I don't have to you know I'm everyone all the change is happening around me and my main responsibility is to adjust to it. 
Uh, so Ooh, I've just, I've just been cool. taking things easy. Mm. Really wise approach so that you'll be at your full rested and ready self to adjust and adapt, mm-hmm. pivot. You know how I love that. I think being with Delaney, she's she's someone who really struggles with change. And I mm. think it's made me realize just how much I struggle with change. I mm. think uh, it's made me more introspe- introspective in that respect. Um, mm. And we're just trying to, we, and by we, I mean me, sometimes I'm plural. <laughs> Uh, the Royal Andrew. That's right. <laughs> King Andrew to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm trying to be conscious of that and not, not push any of my change anxieties onto Delaney or onto, you know, and anyone who might be around me. That's lovely. Jeez. I wish everybody had that consciousness about I'm trying not to do that. Well, everybody should marry Delaney, except she's taken. So back off. Except no one else should. (laughs) Um, And also you can, of course, process any of your anxiety and doubts and stuff with her. You're just saying when it's just a spinny out of control, mind, monkey mind, it's, yeah, to not put that under other people. That's it. That's good. I I think I've been pretty successful with that in the past week. Actually, not when I've been having absolute like spinny monkey brain thoughts to go, okay, so what I need to do right now is go for another walk and Mm -hmm. not call somebody to process it. I've been processing too, but hey, want me to end it on a pretty cool note? End it on a cool note. I went to the bank today. You know how much I love that. But I just went through the drive-thru. I am as fascinated and delighted by the tube at the drive through <laughs> bank as I ever was when I was six years old, or I suppose the technology existed then. I don't know. I lived on Maui. Maybe we didn't have banks. Maybe we dealt in shells. I don't know. But as long as I can remember, that thing fascinates me and is like a marvel of engineering. That It's like a mousetrap. It, isn't that funny that it hasn't changed? The technology is, as far as I can tell, pretty identical for however many years. Still delights me every damn time I hit that button. It goes. I love that Agreed? too. I've, I've never yeah, used right. one as an adult. I've never used one. I need to. Really? I need to take up uh, banking. Uh, I need to create a banking relationship with a bank that has one of those pneumatic uh, deposit pneumatic takers. Tubes. Yeah. I swear they all have them. And I, I think that that's what hit me today is that I haven't used it in a good long time, and it kind of cracked me up that it's still there. And that it still is the same technology, and I'm still delighted by it. Like, oh, my God, how does that work? And getting the tube in there just the right way. You should do it. I recommend that. Five out of five stars. (laughs) I do. I I recommend that. And also, I love, I wish I could go see the um, dirt lot in Loveland, because I've been checking out a lot of ditch witches lately. You know, like that dig up You're going to lay down some cabling? No, no. I've just been driving around. You know how I do when I'm like driving and I see construction and I almost get an accident because I go, check out that machine that's pulling the wa- the cable under the street. Oh, my God. What is that machine about? Yeah, I've just been seeing a lot of construction vehicles. <laughs> and like a four-year-old boy, it kind of scratches me where I itch, Andrew. It makes me happy. That's funny. That's why we're friends I mean, I get a because, job. because we, both, uh, we both connect with uh, four-year-old boys. All right, the heavy machine. Don't that's you can't say that. Thank you. Better, better said that way. Mm -hmm. We do not connect with four year old boys. That's funny. Okay, well, that's been a crazy conversation. Like and subscribe, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, Mrs. Philholm. Bye, Andrew. Nice to talk to you. Thank you.